How many people love Titus, man? The man of God. The man of God. And I'll tell you what, raised by, I mean, a man and a woman of God as well. You know, there's nothing better than generations, right, of serving the Lord. You know, it's not just about you and you serving the Lord. It's about generations serving the Lord. And I'll tell you, when that happens in your family, it is such a blessing. And, uh, you know, there's so much strength in the church. I just want to take a moment. So much strength in the church, in the body of Christ. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, so many people try to do it on their own. So many people try to do it remotely. And we've all had to do it remotely for a little while, didn't we, with COVID and so on and so forth. But there's nothing like coming together as the body of Christ, okay? Coming together and, and having each other together in unity and one accord and worshiping God and so on and so forth. You know, uh, this whole COVID thing is we're going to get it over with. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, if I know anything about God is He's in control. And it uh, doesn't mean that we don't take precautions. doesn't mean we don't, you know, do safe things. Remember when you were a little kid and the teacher told you to wash your hands after you went to the bathroom? Well, now you know why. <laughs> but this too shall pass in Jesus' name. I want to talk to you this morning about something that I should have talked to all of you about a long time ago. And I should have been so direct about it and so matter-of-fact about it but I, I, I never really pulled it together like I have this morning. I want to talk to you something about the gospel. The gospel. You see, we've all, most of us in this room have already given our hearts to Jesus Christ. Amen? But I want to talk to you about the reason that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about a new way of living for many of you. Because many of you maybe have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but I'm going to give you some scriptures here this morning, and I'm going to talk to you about the gospel probably in a way that you have not heard before. And if you have, you probably heard it when you were seven years old back in the children's church when you were a little kid. Sometimes we get so sanctified and dignified and saved and hallelujah, we get into our routines that we really forget the reason that we do what we do. But I'm here to tell you this morning, the reason that you gave your life to Jesus Christ is because of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, there's nothing missing and there's nothing broken in the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, he doesn't want to just get you saved and, you know, park yourself in a blue chair and, you know, tithe and do all the things that you can do. How many people know you could start an organization without Jesus and you could collect money every week and you could do good deeds? You could hand out sandwiches to people that need sandwiches. There's lots of good things that you could do. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is the reason why you gave your life to Jesus Christ. I want to resurrect that once again this morning. I am a man of God that has to protect one thing, one thing, and that's the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. That is my only obligation as a pastor. I have no other obligations. I know many of you think you do that I do and that I should do more and all of that kind of thing, but those are your expectations, not mine. Praise the Lord. 
what I know as a pastor, what I will be accountable for when I go to heaven, it says that pastors and leaders will be held at a higher level of accountability. What I need to know is that I stood before the people of God and I was a protector of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's not just an idea. That's not just something that you, you kind of get and then you put on a shelf somewhere. No, everything you do, everywhere you go, needs to be preceded with the concept and the idea and the faith of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because if you're not careful, you'll slip down a slippery slope of I'm not good enough, therefore I can't receive what the gospel says that I'm entitled to. And then I'm living some other life that I thought I gave my life to the gospel, but then when the rubber hit the, mo- the, ro- when rubber hit the road, I kind of got wobbly a little bit. You ever get wobbly a little bit? I get a little wishy-washy sometimes. Sometimes my feelings can get in the way. Sometimes my circumstances can get in the way. Sometimes I just got up on the wrong side of the bed. Praise the Lord. Watch out for Pastor Paul when he gets up on the wrong side of the bed. I can be cranky. But here's what I know, I'll bet. See, there's always one in the crowd. But praise the Lord, it's Cecil. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Cecil's generation, we all, listen to this, Cecil's generation was responsible for handing the torch to someone like me and someone like you of, of the purity of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, which I'm going to talk to you about this morning. So thank you, sir. Thank you. I gladly received that torch, and I hope everybody in this room can grab a hold, not, not just of a gospel, but the gospel that I'm going to talk to you about this morning. In Luke chapter 4, verse 17 through 19, it says, The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that all captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, how many people know that's past tense now? The time of the Lord's favor has come. So there was a demarcation, I mean in the heavenlies, I mean everywhere, when Jesus read this thing, and it says, listen, if you're oppressed, you're free. You see, that's the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not enough to just say, well, you know, praise the Lord, I go to church on Sunday, I tithe, and I I do this, and I do that, and all this other stuff. But then, really, when the rubber meets the road and your faith is being challenged, you don't really run to the gospel You run to the world, or you run to a person, or you run somewhere else, and it's good that you've got the body of Christ that you can run to. I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord. But guess what? When Pastor Paul prays for you, I'm praying from a place of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And and sometimes that can come across as insensitive. Sometimes that can come across as, well, you know, I was expecting something else, you know. Like, he just told me what the Bible says. What? I got nothing else to give. 
that's going to make the difference in your life. I don't want to just make you feel better. I don't want to just pat you on the back or just, you know, pray for you and, you know, praise the Lord, you know, and just let that be. No, I want to come with the gospel, the power that comes with the gospel that I I gave my life to, and I want to come with that. And maybe on on the day I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, But if I am to pray, if I am to preach, if I am to go to my job, if I am to do anything, I will do it as unto the Lord, knowing that the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ is in operation in my life, whether I can see it, whether I can feel it, whether, you know, I woke up on the right side, the left side, doesn't make any difference. Praise the Lord that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change because the time of the Lord's favor has come once and for all. And I can no longer lean to my own understanding. I can no longer be led by my emotions. I can no longer look at my circumstances and say, well, that's just the way it was. You know, that's just how I was raised. Well, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda, didn't. Oh, man, you know, oh, geez. And, and just keep going through my life that way. No, there's no case, sirrah, sirrah, in the kingdom of God. It is yes and amen to those who believe and are calling Call according to his heavenly purpose. What is the heavenly purpose of God? It is the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a finished work. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough to get it. You can't, you know, pray enough to get it. You can't do any of that stuff. You got to get up and say, everything that I touch today is God's. Every place I go is God's. Everything that's going to happen today is God's. It's His will be done. Nevertheless, not my will be done. May His will be done. And I don't even know what that is, but I do know that I'm a carrier of the gospel, which makes a way where there seems to be no way. I don't have to lean to my own understanding anymore. I don't have to do it the way I used to do it anymore. I can just say, praise the Lord. I walk in faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. There is nothing missing. There is nothing broken. There is nothing by any means that can harm me. There is no weapon formed against me that can harm me. I am God's child. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I walk with the same divine nature and power that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the gospel that I want to command your attention on this morning. If you gave your, if you gave your life to a different gospel, we got to get that right today. We got to get it right. We got to leave here changed. We got to leave here going, no, I'm not who I was anymore. That old gospel that I had, that other gospel that I had, that thing don't work. It don't work. You can't be double-minded. You can't be like the weed shaking in the wind anymore. you got to know that you've been bought with a price and that you have given your life over to God himself. And he is a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. I mean in the darkest places, in the lowest of valleys. Whether you're on the top of the mountain, honey, or you're at the bottom of the valley, God will go with you everywhere you go. There's no need to be afraid any longer. Get your head out of the sand. Get your hands out of your pockets. It's time to serve God, the living God. There is a cause for Christ. There is a cause. There is a reason for Christ. You're it. Every human being is it. And listen, 
You're never going to feel good enough to receive the gospel I'm talking about. You'll never feel good enough. But I don't go by my feelings. I go by my faith. I say, God, show me things that I cannot see. God, I open my heart. I don't know what it is you're going to put in there, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a, I mean, a major download right here, right now. I want to know you. I want to know myself the way you know me. I want to know that. And I make it my life's mission to do that because of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Tell me in, in your, it, don't tell me, but I want you to think about what is missing in the gospel. What is missing? There's nothing missing in the gospel. It is complete in every way. It is finished. It is done. It's, a, it's, it's already packaged up and ready to go. And all you have to do is have faith to believe in it. All your needs will be met. Every single one. Without exception. God loves you with an everlasting love. God didn't create abundance just so you, someone else could have it. He created it for everybody. Man, I could say a whole bunch more stuff, but I'm not going to say it right now. The gospel is the responsibility to accept and live in the unmerited, completed work of Jesus Christ. If you could have done something to, to get the gospel, other than your faith in it, if you could have done something, then there's no need for Christ. None. You could have done it yourself. High five yourself. Well, hallelujah. High five your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor could have done it for you. No. Only God can do what God can do. And it's the influence of God that we as the church resist constantly. It's too good to be true. It, it, there's no way. I mean, if I just put my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then there's nothing missing and nothing broken in my life. You mean my husband gets saved? You mean my kids get saved? You mean I don't have to work for paycheck to paycheck anymore? You mean my body can be healed? Wait a second here. No, no, no. I'm not good enough for that. I made too many mistakes. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't have faith like that. Then you haven't received the gospel. That's okay. You can receive it today. You can receive it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then the day after that. It's a choice. It's to say, I'm not going to live like the world lives any longer. Greater is he that's in me than the devil that's out there doing whatever he does. I don't care about the devil. Some of you are all so, so afraid of the devil. Like if you said something bad about the devil, like you think, oh, my goodness, the devil's going to come and get me. You have the gospel. That is an impenetrable force that is there to protect you from all harm, from, from, from anything that would be missing or broken. Be anxious for nothing. Praise the Lord. You can just invite the peace of God in the midst of turmoil in your life. Say, I'm not going to identify with that any longer. I identify with the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Are you out of your mind, Bill? Are you out of your mind, Susie? You have real problems here. Yeah, I know. I lived a whole life to create them. I'm not going to live like this anymore. Well, who do you think you are? I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. And I'll tell you, just to say that makes me feel uncomfortable. My flesh is just like telling me, don't say that. Don't do that. You're not good enough. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're not good enough, I'm not good enough, and nobody's good enough, and Christ should have never come. But he did. And he's a rewarder of those who are going to diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who will just say, I don't need the complexity of the, all the these, the thys, the therefores, you know, the maps, uh, you know, and how Paul traveled along the map and, you know, all of that. I don't need any of that. I don't even need to know how to pronounce their weird names or, or do any of that kind of thing. They'd think your name was weird, too, if they had to say it way back then. You know, you know, you know. None of that matters. None of it. You are here to receive the finished work of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Point number one, the gospel provides for you and all you come in contact with salvation. Salvation from what? It all. The, the gospel is not partial in any way. It's not for this and this and this, but not these seven things. No, it, it's everything. It's in this life and in the life to come. But in Acts 16, 25 to 34, it says around midnight. Oh, man. It's dark at midnight. Probably nobody coming to my aid at midnight. But around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were, were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations, and all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every single prisoner fell off. Because of what? Because of the gospel. It wasn't how good of singers they were. It wasn't about, you know, how many times they've you know, been thrown in jail before. It wasn't any of that. It was none of that. It was that they were the preservers or the carriers of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It says the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. What a failure, right? Maybe you've been the failure before. Maybe you were supposed to do a certain job and you didn't do your job and you walked in and it looked like all chaos was breaking loose. But it says he assumed the prisoners had escaped. Immediately thought he was a failure. So he drew his sword to get it over with. Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And when he brought them out, he asked, sirs, what must I do to receive the gospel that you guys are carrying? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with everyone in your household, right? See, right there is a promise of God for you. Get off about what your husband's thinking and what he's doing, or your kids, or your cousins, or your nana, or whoever. Get off of it. It's the gospel that they need. Well, who's the carrier of the gospel? It's you. Your belief in that gospel. Man, this is good. 
It says, and they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. They literally went from the prison, which is like busted up, over to this guy's house. See, if you're not careful, you just miss all these little details here. It's like, well, wait a second, you, you just, the whole prison fell apart, and then you went over to that guy's house? Yeah, that's what happened. It says, that hour of the night, the jailer cared for the household were immediately baptized. They didn't wait. They're like, we have received something real here. <laughs> like, I, you wouldn't believe it, but I was there. And then the, the thing happened with the walls and the chains and the doors and the gates. And I almost killed myself because I felt like such a failure. And next thing I know, this guy's over here and he's telling me why that happened. And now all of a sudden I'm here and I'm going to receive the same thing he's got. It says he brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He and his entire household received or rejoiced because they all believed in the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It wasn't a 12-step process. It wasn't a, you know... Go to this class or that class or watch this online, you know, podcast or any of that stuff. They immediately rejoiced, immediately got baptized, immediately their lives were changed. Where does that leave us? Where does that leave you? Where is the power of God in your life? The gospel part of your life. Is the gospel something that, you know, you can, praise the Lord, get a, one of those little plaques that says a scripture and hang it up in your kitchen and praise the Lord, there it is. Picture of you getting baptized 20 years ago. There it was. Got baptized. Where is the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life right now? Where are you leaning towards the world and its system and how it deals with things rather than the simplicity of the faith of the finished work of Jesus Christ where nothing's missing, nothing's broken, and nothing is going to stop me from diligently seeking God in His will for my life, which is the fullness of the gospel. God has not only shared all He is with us, but He has also given us the capacity to receive all that He is. This is why the Word of God would say it's impossible to please God without faith. Faith in what? Faith to get a house? Faith to get a car? Faith to get a better job? That is ridiculous. Faith to receive the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ in my life. Because I know if I seek first the kingdom of God and my right standing, which is what the gospel gave me, then all these things will be added to me. There, there's just there's things that we do that are more focused on what the world would do than what we, what what the gospel has already paid the price to get. 
And it's simplicity of faith, guys. I beg every person in this room, don't make it harder than it truly is. Pastor Matt said something to a group of guys a couple weeks ago. He says, you know what? I'm just thankful that I can go home at night. I can lay my head on my pillow and thank God for all the good things he's done for me. You see what I mean? I'm sure he has problems. I'm sure he has circumstances. I'm sure there's situations. But at the end of the day, I get it all right with God. And I say, you know what? If I don't have the gospel, then it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what happens to me. It's just que sera, sera. Come take what you will. Come do what you will to me. And that's just the way it is. I got to suck it up, buttercup, and make the best of it. That is no way to live if you've given your heart to Christ. If you've given your heart to the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Point number two, Jesus overcame the world because he knew you couldn't. In fact, he knew no one could. John 16, 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. What did he overcome the world with? The gospel. The gospel. If you, I apologize to anyone who has gone to a different church other than this one because we are protectors of the gospel. But I apologize to every person in this room who's gone to church year after year after year and never heard the gospel message like I'm delivering it to you this morning. It's not hard. It's not burdensome. It is easy. It is light. It is for you in every possible way. But you're going to have to receive that kind of gospel. And you're going to have to renew your mind that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I could say that. I've heard many Christians say that. I don't, I don't, I can't say that. Then you have not received the gospel. That's all that means. And that's okay. Don't accept the gospel until you're ready to, I mean, commit. It's all or nothing. You can't, there's no partiality with God. There's no mixing a little leaven with the lump. You know, you can't do that. You're all in or you're all out. Problem, I bump into a problem in my life. Praise God, I've got the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ operation in my life. I have the unmerited favor of God. God, I thank you right now. And you see, I'm not getting down on myself. I'm not, you know, throwing myself under the bus or throwing other people under the bus. Or, you know, it's, oh, if the government could only do this or if they could only do that. Forget all that stuff. That stuff is going to end up in utter failure. It's going to collapse upon itself because it has no foundation on which to stand. As for me and my household, just my, my, my 1,800 square feet of, you know, whatever, we're going to serve the Lord. And as I leave my house, praise the Lord, I'm a carrier of the gospel everywhere that I go. It's doing mysterious things. It's doing things beyond my comprehension. It's doing things that are supernatural. It's doing things out of its own nature. All I am is a carrier of it. And I remind myself multiple times a day of who I am in Christ. 
Because if you don't renew this mind, I'm telling you, the world's going to pull you in a different direction. It's going to tell you how bad you are. It's going to tell you what kind of a failure you are. It's going to tell you, you know, that, that this isn't going to work for you. That's not going to work with you for you. You're born the wrong gender. You're born the wrong color. You're born the wrong side of the tracks. You're born whatever. No, no, no. God made you the way he made you. You should stand up on your own two feet and say, praise the Lord. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Nobody will ever, ever, no one ever should have the right to tell you who you are. God defines who you are. God made you just the way you are. And he has made you a carrier of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. He is the way, the truth, the life, and no man's going to come to him except by the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. You should owe nothing to anyone but to love them. And they should owe you nothing back but to love you back. And even if they don't, I'm a carrier of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm a brand new creation in him. Watch out, world, I'm coming. I am coming in the force of the gospel. Jesus paid this price. God gave all that he was so that I could carry this thing. You are a carrier of that. Never forget that. Never forget it. Point number three. Oh, wait, i got to read this other scripture. 1 John 2.15, you got to hear this. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers to you, for if you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. What is the love of the Father in you? It's the gospel. For the world offers only a craving for uh, physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, the pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does, who does what pleases God will live forever. The gospel is what's going to do it. The only way you're going to please God is to have faith in the gospel. God, I have faith in the gospel. God, I know that you are, are with me everywhere that I go. I know you'll stick closer to me than a brother. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not just about what you can do for God. It's more about what he's done for you. So much more than you can do for yourself. Point number three, Jesus overcame the influence of sin, not sinning. Oh, man, it's quiet in here. He said the S word. Look out. Romans 8, 1 through 2. So now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the living spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. He did not deliver you from sinning. He delivered you from the influence of that sin. This is the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. This is where you can see yourself the way God sees you, rather than what someone else says about you or even what you say about yourself. See yourself in the gospel. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not, because your sinful nature was not cut away. Grab a hold of that. You were dead because of your sins, not because you were just sinning, but because your sinful nature 
was not yet cut away. You see what that says? It says, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave you of all your sins. God, gave, God made you alive in the gospel, and the gospel forgave you of all your sins. The gospel canceled the record of the charges against you and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, the gospel disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. The gospel shamed them publicly by the gospel's victory over them on the cross. This is the gospel that you need to give your hearts to. This is the reason you would make Jesus the Lord of your life. He was the inventor of the gospel. 1 Peter 3.18, Christ suffered for our sins once and for all time. All time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to the gospel. So you could enter the presence of God himself. It says he suffered physical death, but the gospel raised to life in the spirit. You, I'm telling you, this gospel is what this church is all about. It will meet every single need. It has touched every single person that will allow it to, to come alive in you. And there's no problem greater than the gospel. No problem. Think of one. Think of something you're dealing with right now. Think of something that you've, you've really been bringing to God, and God help me with this. God help me with this. Now take that thing and apply the gospel to it and get up every day and everything that, every time that little thing pops its head back up, say, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I know you. You're not the gospel. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess the gospel over my life. You have no authority in my life any longer. And that thing may pop its head up four, five, ten more times. Praise the Lord. You keep knocking at that door. You say, oh, no. No, the door's going to be open to me. I, I don't identify with you. I identify with the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I've been bought with a price. Oh, no. No, I'm not my own. Oh, no. I know the great physician. I know the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I know the Jesus that became poor in everything so I could become rich in everything. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am a mighty man or woman of God. Called by God. Called to where? Oh, to the gospel. I don't know if I can drink that one, but Pastor Paul, you can drink it. And I promise you, the moment you drink that, the moment you get that into your life, you'll never thirst in these areas of your life again. You'll look back five, ten years from now and go, I can't believe. I cannot believe I allowed that to have such rule in my life. I was talking to a brother this morning in between services. 
And I said, you remember that time you came up here and, and you got things right with God and you asked God to, I mean, intervene in your finances? He goes, yeah, I remember. I remember. And my life is brand new. I got the best job now. I got the best of everything now. And I said, man, live. I wonder what else God wants to do in your life. You see what I mean? It's because he, he understood the gospel and he applied the gospel to his finances. And you give that to God, it, it's over. It's over. Yeah, thank you, G. That's exactly right. That gives you a reason, even though you don't have it yet. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the gospel. Oh, that's right, the gospel, the thing I gave my heart to. That's it. Number four, to receive the gospel, we must confess, believe, and receive. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 9 through 11, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the Scripture tells us, anyone, anyone who trusts in Him will be saved. All the scriptures tell us anyone who trusts in him will never, it doesn't say sometimes, you'll never be disgraced. John 10, 10 through 13, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That is the gospel. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run. When he sees a wolf coming, he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. A hired hand runs away because he's working only for what he can get and doesn't care about the sheep. Never put yourself in that position. It's just about the gospel. Let God take whatever, care of whatever God's got to take care of in your life. Let God exalt you. Let God do what only God can do. Don't make it up for yourself. Praise the Lord. There's more than enough. Hallelujah. I walk in goodness and mercy all the days of my life. Last point and I'm done. There is no condemnation, only conviction. If you're feeling condemned this morning, you've got to get that off your back. There is no condemnation. It says right here in Romans 8, 1 through 2, There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, those who are in the gospel, those who do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is in the gospel, or Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and of death. John 13, 17, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save it through Him. Save it through Him who? The gospel. Closing scripture, Romans 3, 22 through 26. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Placing our faith in the gospel. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the glorious standard of God. And yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty, not from our sins, but the penalty of our sins. 
For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus or the gospel sacrificed itself and continues to sacrifice itself, shedding blood. The sacrifice shows that God is being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead, including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to make sure every person in this room has the opportunity to receive the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Receive it, meaning I give my life over to it. I am tired of doing things the way I've always done them. I'm ready to give it over to the gospel, ready to give it over to the influence of God. Give my life to Jesus Christ who made that opportunity a guarantee. Let's bow our heads this morning and let's say this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all the bad things I've ever done. I receive the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart. You're coming back to Christ or you're giving your life to Christ for the first time. Just slip your hand up and acknowledge that between you and God. I see those hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put your hands down. Open your eyes. Look around. Look at your neighbor. Remind each other often, often remind each other that you are the carrier of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. When someone asks you to pray for them, say, I don't have much to give, but I do carry the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray in Jesus' name, and it is done. I want to thank you all for coming. Um,